everyone, welcome back to Dom and Jimbo's Album Swap, episode number 32. Um, this episode, uh, we have two albums lined up that we're going to talk about, first of all. How are you doing today, Dad? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, doing pretty good. How about you, Dad? I'm doing pretty good, too. Alright. Mm-hmm. And um, so, we have two albums, as I said, that we're going to talk about. Um, the first one was recommended last week by my father over here. It's a pretty old album at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, by a band named Squeeze. It's their second album named Cool for Cats. So why don't you introduce why you picked this album and your history with it? Yeah, um, Squeeze has kind of run <laughs> through my family and into my current life uh, kind of fluidly. Uh, my brother Steven was a big Squeeze fan, and I think my brother Bobby too. One of those bands that they did, they had very sort of different rock music tastes, but uh, one of those ones that they kind of agreed on. Um, they went to see them uh, when I was a little kid. I know, remember they had, a, my brother Bobby had a, uh, one of those concert um, posters up on his wall. Uh, he saw them. It was a really cool, like, um, mix of bands that he got to see all in one place. I rem- From what I can remember, it was Squeeze... Joan Jett and the Heartbreakers, and um, I want to say the Cars. So, and there was even more on there. There was one or two other bands that were even fairly well known that I can't remember right at this moment. But um, it was like a really great like lineup, and not not and like some of them were already sort of well known, and then some of them were like not as well known yet. Um, but it was just like wound up being a bunch of bands that all became pretty popular. And, uh, yeah, so, like, I remember hearing my brothers, both of them, listening to Squeeze when I was younger. Um, when I started, you know, watching MTV, uh, Black Coffee in Bed became a huge hit, was a pretty interesting video. Um, and they started, you know, getting popular in America. Um, Tempted um, became a pretty big song. And, you know, so they started getting some radio play, some MTV play, and, you know, I really liked them. I just liked their sound. They were really kind of interesting and fun to listen to. Um, And I didn't listen to much of their back catalog until uh, I met my wife, and she was really into Squeeze. She really liked them, and she started playing uh, mostly one of their best of albums, but had a lot of their older stuff on it, like this, like Cool for Cats. And I really liked it even more. I was I really liked this stuff even more uh, than kind of just their hits. Um, Up to Junction off this album is probably one of my favorite songs of all time, and definitely one of my favorite songs from them. Um, so yeah, I just it's kind of Squeeze is just one of those bands that's kind of stayed with me uh, from my childhood through now, and um, I just really like them. And I think they're a talented band. Um, they've gone through a lot of lineup changes. They've gone through breakups. Um, and I think they're still together in some form or another, but... They have been releasing albums until 2016. Yeah. Um, I think the original lineup is kind of not together, but I don't know. I, I'd have to look a little deeper into that. But, um, they had a, they had a couple different, not that they had a couple different singers, but a couple guys in the band sing on their albums. And um, I think one of them is not with the band anymore. I don't know. They have a really complicated history, I think. Um, but anyway, um, I really love them. I love the way they sound. I love how British they are. <laughs> like, I've learned a lot of British uh, English um, terms from their music, you know? And their, 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 their music 
like has very British style storytelling in it, yeah. um, which is kind of why, um, which is kind of why I love Up the Junction. It's like kind of a very British story. Um, you learn a lot of British things in it, so I don't know. I just kind of like, I just that's why I like them. I, they're they're very interesting. They're very good storytellers, um, and I just think their music is kind of fun and and interesting. They're not like the best musically I've ever heard of. They're a little bit punkish. They're a little bit alternative. I don't know what to classify them as exactly, um, but they're, uh, they're they're just good, and I enjoy listening to them. All right. Um, so. Um, Dominic, let's get your take first. I think I usually always go to Dan first. Let's switch it up a little bit. Um, What'd you think of Cool for Cats? I enjoyed it. It didn't blow me away or anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've kind of liked Squeeze for a while, though I never really dove deep into one of their albums. Mm-hmm. I kind of liked them from a distance, like, I guess as a concept in the, the few songs that I've heard from them. Um, I really enjoy. I, I liked this album a lot. Um, I, I think what they're doing isn't that interesting to me but it's definitely it's definitely something that I would listen to more and maybe listen to some of their other critically acclaimed albums right and see like if I enjoy something on that more though um, this does have some really great songs on it I will say Up the Junction is obviously that song's kind of infamous from them and uh what's it and I really enjoyed Review I think that's how you say that, and um, mm-hmm. hard to find, and the knack. Mm-hmm. Those are all really great songs. Right. Um, the rest of it was really like it seemed like, kind of, I guess, basic. It, it seemed kind of basic. I guess it's hard to explain. Now, just for um, a little uh, history, and and what I would kind of want to understand from you, um, "Goodbye Girl" and "Slap and Tickle" were actually pretty pretty at least semi hits for them i didn't know i was wondering what you thought of those two um i thought i thought they were i didn't really like slap and tickle but i thought goodbye girl was a more top tier song from the album it didn't really blow me away okay but i i liked it um and cool for cats was kind of a hit too Mm -hmm. but i thought that was fine it didn't really strike me as the most amazing as a whole album, mm. but like it had a lot of good individual songs on it, I guess. Right, right. It's not the most satisfying experience as a whole. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did enjoy it. Okay. Um, and it's really easy. It's easy listening, at least for me. Like it has a lot of elements from other stuff that I I find enjoyable. It's a very fun album. Yeah. Um, as goofy of a name as Slap and Tickle is, I like that song because I love the way. Um, I think it's a really good introduction to the album, and I love the way that um, they incorporate the guitar and the synthesizer in that song. Yeah. Um, it's just kind of a trippy uh, slip, yeah, like a trippy guitar and synthesizer mix going on there. So. I mean, it wasn't bad, but yeah, no, no, I don't say you don't have to like it. I'm just saying that was just my kind of take on, take on that song. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. It, like, it it started off and ended fine, and there were some good highlights in there. Mm. But overall, I didn't think it was the best. But I don't know. I that's kind of what I was expecting almost. Like, 
it, it seems like squeezes more of like an individual songs kind of artist. Yeah. Rather than like a, a big good album. Right. Um, it seems like, you know, there, there are going to be some big highlights, like big fun highlights, and there are going to be some sort of lowlights that are boring or ineffective. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just what you get. Yeah, that's why it's kind of was hard for me to figure out an album. To, they are definitely that, and I love them as a band. But yeah, they definitely have albums that are. That's why it's hard. For, yeah, that's why it's hard to, to to come up with an album for me. It was hard to come up with an album for me because they have sprinkles of really good songs amongst a bunch of albums, and you know, that, it, it was hard to say there was one good complete album. Like I don't like this whole album by like by far. There's about three or four songs minimum on here that I'm. That I don't hate. I, I very rarely hate a song from them. But, like, it, it, they're just like, oh, okay, this is fine. You know? <laughs> yeah, like like you almost said, like, it's it's almost like good background music, but nothing you'd be like, woo, about, you know? Yeah. So, all right. So, uh, what would you give it as a grade, Dom? Probably, like, a C-plus or B-minus, maybe. Okay. I, I'd settle on a C-plus for now. Okay. But, yeah, it was good. Good. Cool. Dan. I enjoyed it. I don't think there was any actually like bad songs on this album. There weren't any songs that I that I like actively disliked. Okay. Um, if I were to pick a song that I didn't love, it would probably be slightly drunk. Yeah, I understand that. Yeah, it was just kind of really nothing kind of, and it was like kind of a stupid song, mm-hmm. and I just didn't enjoy what they were doing on it. Okay. Um, but yeah, Goodbye Girl, um, Up the Junction, uh, Review, and I think The Knack were all songs I liked. Okay. Cool for Cats, I didn't really love that song either. <laughs> Because it was, you know, it was just kind of, it was basic. Dominic kind of nailed that. Mm-hmm. It was it was like a really basic song. And I, I kind of get what they were going for. Mm-hmm. They were going, it's a weird way to end the album, I will say. that It feels like more of a middle song. Okay. Um, yeah, I can see that. Personally, I think Goodbye Girl would have been a better way to end the album. Probably, yeah. I think he's right in the fact that, and I never really took a look at that either way, but I think Dominic's right in the fact that I just think they make songs and they just put them together on an album. I don't think there's ever a concept. I don't think there's ever a ton of thought, or at least there wasn't back then. You know, I don't know if they've changed or grown at all, you know, since then. But I think on this album, for sure, I don't think there was much of a, much thought put into the order of songs or, you know, any kind of a flow of songs on the album. I think it was just like, here's 12 songs, put them on the album, and let's get on tour. Or something like that, you know? So, yeah. I, I think, you know, if I was their, you know, engineer or producer or whatever, whoever's in charge of ordering the songs, I might have done something different. But, yeah, I get that. Mm-hmm. So. Um, yeah, so, uh, all right. What, what would have been uh, your overall grade then? Probably B plus. 
B plus. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's higher than I was expecting. Very cool. Like there were no bad songs on it, which is the thing. There was no songs that I actively disliked listening to. Mm-hmm. Well, that's awesome. Cool. I'll take a B plus any day. That's probably in the top ten of your ratings of mine. Have to be, I would think, right? Um. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Well, that's cool. That's always good. Yeah. I mean, I've given out thirty-one albums now. Yeah, so that's pretty good. (laughs) It's one of the better albums you recommended. Awesome, awesome, good, Um, cool. So we move on this week to Dominic's recommendation, which was Nirvana's album In Utero, which was their final studio album um, before Kurt Cobain's untimely death. Yeah. And um, give us a little insight to why you recommended this album this week, Tom. So I have I had um, sort of went through Nirvana's catalog um, like early 2020, late 2019. Um, I had become sort of interested in them and Kurt Cobain in general and everything surrounding their like uh, popularity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I listened to their their three albums that they have. Um, Bleach, Nevermind, and In Utero. Um, I would at the time. I liked Nevermind a lot, and I wasn't too crazy about the other two. Um, it's been a while since I listened to since I listened to Bleach, and I don't remember a lot about that album. Um, I've I've heard my dad actually say that he really likes it since um, he re-listened to it, and I I've re-listened to Nevermind a lot. I really like that album in general. I think it's a really great album. But at the time, that was super popular when it came out. And that's like their most popular album in general. Uh, it's their most iconic, too, debatably. But after they came out with that, they came out with In Utero a couple of years later. And um, it got kind of a mixed reception at the time. Uh, a lot of people didn't like kind of the direction they took. Uh, it didn't exactly like fulfill on a lot of the things that Nevermind like, put forth, I guess. Um, and I personally, listening to it a year or so ago, didn't like it as much. But re-listening to it, I, I have a bit more of an appreciation for it. Um, I think, in ways, I honestly do like it better than Nevermind. But I, 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 I kind of would probably listen to Nevermind quicker than this one, but I do like a lot of the elements about this a bit more than that album. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to recommend it here to see what I thought of it at this point in time and see what you guys, mostly my dad, honestly thought about it, but I don't, I'm interested to see what Daniel thinks too. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I guess we should start with Daniel maybe. What did you think about this album? So I'm not the biggest fan of Nirvana. Like they're good and I see the I see the hype but I'm just it's not my kind of thing mm-hmm. like they're they're included in the kind of grunge scene along with Pearl Jam and though I, I, I like Pearl Jam a lot more um, I see I, I understand why people like um, Nirvana that's the name of the band <laughs> I almost said Mojang for some reason um, Alrighty. But yeah, I understand why people like Nirvana, 
for the old people, Mojang is the company that made Minecraft. Yeah. Oh. Um, I'm the old people. Uh, but yeah, I understand why people like Nirvana. Um, but it, it just ha- it just hasn't been my thing. Yeah. Um. But I I enjoyed this album for what it was. Um, it took me a couple listens to get really into it. But once I was into it, it w- it was enjoyable. Like I had a decent enough time listening to this. Yeah. Any tracks in particular? Um. Yeah. Uh, let me just get to the list. Mm-hmm. Um. I liked Heart Shaped Box. Oddly, I like the song "Rape Me." I think it's yeah. good. I like "Dumb" and mm-hmm. "All Apologies." Yeah, yeah. Um, Heart shaped box and all apologies. By the way, for those who don't know, were probably the two. I don't. They, they would probably. Yeah, those were the two biggest singles yeah, off, this off this I album. I think though. "Dumb" was a, a single that was released and did okay. Um, I think yeah. "Rape Me" was a single. Oh, and Very Ape. I like Very Ape, too. Yeah. Um, I'd say the first song, Serve the Servants, I didn't love. Um, same with... Uh, same with Milk It and Tourette's. Yeah. But other than that, it was an enjoyable enough album. Like, I listened to it a couple times. Like, I listened to it, I think, three times. The first go-around, I was like, uh, I don't like this very much. It's kind of boring. And I I listened to it around the second time, and I was like, okay, I can get into a few of these songs. And then the second time around, I was like, oh, this is all kind of good. But, like, some of them are a little annoying and dumb. I think Nirvana's a dumb band in general. Okay. And that seems a little harsh. Dumb bands aren't always bad. Dumb doesn't always mean bad. What do you mean, though? I think they make really dumb songs sometimes. Like, to, uh, to me, Smells Like Teen Spirit is a really dumb song. Like, the... Just the way... I don't even remember how it goes now. And Like... I can. I want to rescue him here a little bit because, to a person that was that listens to music a lot and knows a lot about Nirvana and and grunge and like just anything in general, that may sound like a uneducated thing to say. Yeah. Because a lot of people think Nirvana. If anything, you could say they were. I've heard arguments that Nirvana wasn't super talented. Yeah. I've heard arguments that Nirvana was a couple of things. Was um what's the word I'm looking for? Like uh I don't know. But anyway, they're a little bit basic, I think. They like, they can be, and that's what I meant in the super talent uh, not super talented like Yeah, like they have a sort of punk. Yeah, they have a uh, punk energy. feel. They don't know a lot of chords there, you know, whatever. But I think Daniel is taking from a small sampling and not really deep diving into lyrics and stuff like that. I think if you did a deep dive into their lyrics, I think lyrically he was pretty deep. 
Yeah. That's where a lot of the... And when you say they're dumb, that's I think people that know anything about it are like, well, I don't really know how you can call them dumb. Yeah. But, I, you know I what I mean? I think a lot of the draw of Kurt Cobain is his lyricism. Yeah. And kind of his voice, maybe. Like, he's not a great singer, but he definitely he's has unique. a lot of... He, 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 you can recognize him. Yeah. Um, well, my, my main part was... My main point was there are a, a, lo- a, a couple of dumb Nirvana songs. Like, Rape Me is a kind of a dumb song. Like, I, I understand there's probably a metaphor deep down yeah, in there. I don't know how you could say that but if I'm, you don't understand it. I... And I think it's I think it might be in poor taste. In I kind opinion, of do understand but, it. I can't put it into words, but I understand kind of what he's going after with the song. Then I'm not sure how you're calling and, it dumb. Okay. Yeah. Well, like I don't mean to call you out, but I mean it, it, I I don't think I I think that's a rat. Like I you understand. can say that you don't personally find it profound or anything, but it, I feel like it's a bit of like a rash statement to say that they just make dumb music. Oh no, I uh, see I don't think I'm saying I think they make dumb music. I'm saying I think a couple of the songs but even they that, make are dumb, and, pe- and I think people take I'm their sure music too seriously. Thinks, I'm sure somebody thinks "Smells Like Teen Spirit" or "Rape Me" has like a really deep metaphor that connects with them. Okay, maybe I should rephrase it. Yeah, I think personally, you don't you don't relate to it. I don't relate to it. Like, That's the fun. song Rape Me, I get the message he's going for, kind of. I might. I don't even know if I really do. Okay. Because he could be going for something that I... But it doesn't speak to you. It doesn't... Yeah. You don't relate to it. That's more... You know, that that I get more. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right. But I like this album, and Rape Me as a song is very lyrically good. Okay. Not lyrically. I mean, like, musically. Musically, okay. Um, I'd probably give this album a B minus. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I don't think I'd ever go back and listen to it. But I might, I might go back. Maybe I'd go back and listen to a couple of songs off it. Yeah. Like, um, uh, what's the heart? Heart shaped box. Heart shaped box. Mm-hmm. I might go back and listen to Heart Shaped Box or even Rape Me again. Because it's a good, like, musical song. And... But, yeah, like, the rest of it I wouldn't really see myself going back to. I might go back again through Nirvana's musical catalog. Just to see if there's anything that I find less... Nevermind might be more accessible to him. I don't know. What do you think? You just say he doesn't like Smells Like Teen Spirit, but... Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in general, you might like it more. Yeah, I mean, I I don't re- necessarily it's a lot, even it's not a lot like... Less, well, kind of. It's a lot less, like, noisy, I think, than this album. Um, he, it is really noisy at some parts, but I think in general it's a lot more, like, like just basic rock, almost. Right. I mean, in general, do what you want. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's your life. You know, yeah. you, if you ever want to do a deeper dive... Into Nirvana, go right ahead, and yeah, try Nirvana, try Nevermind, try try Bleach. Who knows? You might like that more. Yeah, you know, Bleach is very to me. I love Bleach, but it's way more noisy and screamy 
Yeah. Um, but anyway, so all right, well that's cool. Would you say B minus? Yeah, B minus from Daniel. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. So, Dad, what did you think about In Utero by Nirvana? Well, this was interesting, and I was really glad that you uh, recommended this this week because, as you said in in your presentation. I had actually gone back and listened to Bleach for the first time in, in God knows how long. And I wasn't actually a very big fan of Bleach. Well, <laughs> to be honest, in the beginning, I'm talking back when it came out, I was not a Nirvana fan at all. I actually couldn't stand Nirvana. And it was really in a selfish way. I couldn't stand Nirvana, not necessarily because of their music. I couldn't stand Kurt Cobain's whole deal. And what, what I mean by that is, I was a musician at the time. And... He came out on an interview and just said something that pissed me off so much that I that I like almost just refused to even give Nirvana a chance. He said, I don't want to be famous. I don't understand why I am famous. I wish I could just go back to being a regular person. And that pissed me off. And I, and I know that sounds terrible to say that pissed me off, but here's why. At some point in your music career, when you achieve Nirvana success, and he said this when Nevermind came out, okay? So to me, at the time, I'm not saying I still feel 100% the same, but to me, at the time, as a musician, when I was trying to get a record deal and I was trying to become famous, and I know that sounds, some people are like, well, you know, you should be doing it for the music. Yeah, I do it for the music. I was doing it for the music. But I don't understand why you are ever in any profession if not to become the best at it, okay? Yeah, so it does come off as a little like privilege, right? But that's not even the uh, that's not even the whole point. The other point is, it seems really childish to me, almost, or like really, I don't know what the right word is. But at some point, you sat down at a table with a business manager and a music manager and a lawyer and a record company executive and signed your name on a piece of paper, knowing that this could happen. Knowing that it was probably going to happen. Okay, knowing that you were going to go into the studio with a major label behind you and they were going to press and release your CDs and put them in stores. What did you think was going to happen? Yeah. I mean, I know it's I mean, not always a guarantee that you're going to become famous, but hello? You know what I mean? What? It sounds really ignorant. That's what I was trying to go for. That is really ignorant to think that at some point you made a decision to do this. If you didn't want to be famous, keep playing in bars. Yeah. Keep playing in bars and have fun. Because it's way more fun to play in... Trust me. It's, may, it's way more fun to play in bars than it is in stadiums. Are you sure he was... Well, are you sure he wasn't being, like, self-deprecating? Like, saying, like, I don't understand why I'm famous? Well, I did think about it later on in life and i do understand the angle of maybe he didn't realize a hundred percent what he was getting into that's why i'm saying now i've taken a few steps back from that and i also have taken a few steps back from the fact that it's really not it's really kind of stupid and i'm really punishing myself by saying screw him and plus it's 25 30 years ago now um i mean if you have a problem with like supporting him in any way it's not going to happen now. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. And you know, and I and it was only a few years later that I decided this. Like, and that was twenty twenty five years ago when I said, "Why am I, you know, why am I depriving myself of any music because some guy's an idiot?" You know what I mean? Yeah. 
And if you're going to really base your judgment on music about on 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 artists' personality, and you know you you're never going to listen to any music because most musicians are terrible people. <laughs> I'm sorry, but they are. So I started listening to Nirvana. So like so to go back to what I was saying before, um, when he brought up In Utero this week, about two weeks before that, I had started listening to Bleach and forgot how good of an album that is and like totally it totally blew me away i'm like i didn't remember i liked bleach at all like i was like i totally skipped over bleach like in my mind i knew i'd listen to it and at some point i thought it was fine but i re-listened to that album and i was literally blown away like it was a brand new album i was listening to because i was like this album's great so like i said when he uh recommended uh in utero i was like oh cool you know Nevermind is just ingrained in my head. It was the biggest thing going when I was in my 20s, and everyone knew almost every song off there, if not every song. So Nirvana, Nevermind is just like, you know it. You just know it. So I don't really need to re-listen to that too often. In Utero, I hadn't listened to from beginning to end in a long time either, so it was really good. I listened to the two kind of bookends of Nevermind within, within a couple weeks of each other. Now, what I got out of In Utero is that, to me, it really kind of brought together the Nirvana sound as kind of a really good mix of Bleach and Nevermind to me. And I never realized that about it until I listened to it this time. And that's why I'm like literally and honestly thanking Dominic for recommending it. Because... It's got some elements of Bleach in it. It's got some elements of Nevermind in it to me. And I think it's really... And if this is what he was going for, I applaud him. Because it really does kind of bring together the elements of those two albums very nicely in this album. I don't like every song on this album. Um, but it's a good album. I don't know where I would place it in the three-song discography. Um, I really don't. I don't know. They all kind of, it's really hard. I like them all for different reasons. Mm. You know, I'd have a really, really tough time ranking them. Um, and I'm not going to do that at this point. Because <laughs> that would take another, you know, 20 minutes. Um, probably favorite songs on the album are Dumb and All, all Apologies. Um, I like um, I like Heart Shaped Box. Um I like Senseless Apprentice, and I like um, I like Penny Royalty. Actually, I kind of always have liked that song. Yeah. Um, if there's a song I, you know, "Rape Me" is fine. It's almost an unfortunate song <laughs> to me. Like, it's got some quality parts to it. And I almost feel like it's unfortunate because of the title. And not that I'm, like, prudish about the title. I don't care that he... I don't necessarily care that he titled it Rape Me and Screams Rape Me in it. But also, like, you know, I guess because I'm an older person now, it's like... You, you can't help but think of the people that traumatized that have been raped. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I know it's not it's his problem, 
I guess, but... I would say it's in poor taste. Yeah. I don't know if that makes it a, a worse song. No, it doesn't make it a worse song, and I'm not trying to say that. But also, like, I don't know. I yeah. have mixed feelings about it's that song. It's hard not to think about that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah. Um, so that, that song kind of falls in the middle for me. Um, I think... I don't... I'm not crazy about Tourette's. Yeah. As a song. Um, I don't remember if... I don't remember if it's Milk It or Radio Friendly Unit Shifter that I'm not thrilled about. And I don't remember which is which. Mm-hmm. One of those two I'm not thrilled about, and I don't remember which one it is. Yeah. But really, overall, as an album, it's really good. It's, like, really good. And again, like, I don't know where I would place it in their three uh, albums. Um, but it's very good. Um, it really does blend kind of elements of Bleach and elements of Nevermind very well to kind of almost be, like, the culmination of their sound to me and i think it's I, I think it's a shame that this album is kind of underrated um in a lot of circles because it, it's good it's yeah. very good it's very it's very much an album that kind of grew on people with time mm-hmm. like now it's kind of considered a, a classic almost mm-hmm. um i know a lot of nirvana fans though that yeah. put this at the bottom of their three yeah, there are a lot albums. of people. It's kind of like a battle almost between Nevermind and In Utero, mm-hmm. and and in some cases Bleach, though that's uh, not as popular as a favorite. Right, right. It's um, yeah, it's very much like a battle between like his Nevermind or In Utero, Nirvana's masterpiece. You know. Right. Uh, I tell you though, and I mean, I know this doesn't count as an album, but I almost most of the time would rather throw on their Unplugged album. Their Unplugged album is one of the best Unplugged's ever done, if not one of their best outputs. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, um, as, a, as, a, as a grade, um, probably A-. minus. Okay. Yeah, I'd say an A- minus on this. Um, very few um, you know, songs I'm not thrilled about on this, and... A lot of good stuff on this, so A minus definitely. I uh, we talked about one of my favorite songs, which is Francis Farmer will have her revenge on yes. Seattle. Yes, yes, that's a good song. That is a good yeah. song. I, I did forget to mention that. I forgot about it. Yeah. Which means um, you weren't thrilled about it, or you do like it? It was all right. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So that's the end of the reviews. Now it's time for some recommendations for next episode. So, do you have yours ready? Because I don't really... I'm kind of choosing between a few for mine. Yeah, I'll go with what I was... Uh, okay. Well, no. <laughs> um, I'm kind of torn. I have one that I want to recommend, but it's kind of... And I, I, I'm not hesitant because it's an out-there album. I'm hesitant because it's out there kind of in a filthy-ish way, and I don't know if I want to recommend it to my sons, mm-hmm. but you guys have recommended some filthy shit yourselves. Yeah. <sighs> and this would be... Mm. No, I'm going to go with the other one for now. Not not because not because of the filthiness even, but for a different reason. I'm going to wait on this one at the very least. So I'm going to go with my other, other one I had in mind. So my recommend- recommendation this week... Is going to be from. Uh, it's from a band that we like to joke about in this house, uh, just because of their name and how much I like them. So it's going to be an album from the band Pantera, 
as known in this house, or Pantera, as they're actually known as. We're going to go a little heavy this week. Um, I'm really interested for these kids to hear them and see what they think. Um, my favorite album from them of all time, definitely, is uh, Vulgar Display of Power. Um, and so that's going to be my recommendation this week. I believe it's from 1992. Yeah, 1992. I mean, uh, oh, sorry. What? I've heard Pantera before. I know you've heard them before, but you definitely never heard a whole album's worth of their song. They performed a soundtrack for an episode of SpongeBob. Oh, SpongeBob, I know. That's that's their claim to fame for you. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's, the, that's the bravest thing they've ever done. <laughs> So vulgar display of power. Vulgar display of power from Pantera from the year 1992. Right. And uh, Dominic, uh, you guys. I think I'm gonna do now. something a little out there this time. Oh. I have a feeling you guys will kind of like this album, but it is a little bit uh, much. <laughs> Especially I should have went first, with my other choice. Especially there. We at have, first glance. We should have yeah. had two albums that were much. Yeah. But go ahead. But uh, I'm going to recommend an album by an artist named Lil Ugly Mane. Oh, titled Mr. Thug Isolation. I think that's the title. Mr. Thug You're Isolation. You're going to have to text Miss, me Yeah, Mr. Both. Thug Isolation. You're going to have to text me both of yes. them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, but both of them have long titles, and I'm definitely never going to remember yours. Mr. Yeah. Thug Isolation. Text them directly after this podcast, please. Okay. Please, please. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'll say my recommendation, and then Dan- Dominic will say his, because we're never going to remember both of them. Yeah. So my recommendation for next week, if you're playing along, is Pantera, 1992 album, Vulgar Display of Power. And my album is um, Little Ugly Mane, uh, two, 2012, I think, uh, Mr. Thug Isolation. All right. And we'll yeah. see you next week. We appreciate you listening. Stay safe out there. Wear your masks. Uh, go get your vaccines if you can. And uh, follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at Kennedy Podcast. Come up with a question. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, let's do a question for this week. Um, it's Valentine's Day we're recording this on. Oh, should we ask them what their favorite love song is? Sure. Let's Dominic, do you have a favorite it. love song? <laughs> I don't know. Why don't you guys go first? <laughs> do you have a favorite love song, no. Daniel? Daniel doesn't listen to love I songs. I hate love. You hate love? <laughs> do you have a favorite love song? Father I probably have some. That's not Michael. a love song. That's a creepo song. Um, favorite love song? Wow, there's so many good love songs. Um, what is love? Will you stop? What is love? Are you talking about what oh. is love? Baby, don't hurt me. That yeah. one. Ugh. That's <laughs> no. What's the actual name of that song? What uh, is love? That's the name. Yeah, of that's that actually the name of the song. What was the one that was in The Lion King? Uh, what? I don't remember the name I of that song. Remember. I don't know, and I'm never going to come up with my favorite love song. I don't know, because there's so many love songs. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I like a lot of them. I think, off the top of my head, My Kind of Woman by Mac DeMarco is really good. Okay. Oh, uh, Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. There you go. That would be Daniel's favorite love song. I don't Rick know. Astley, the actual song, true. Love Song, by... Um, um, Tesla, I like that song. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what it's called. 
Rick Astley's actually really good. I should anyway. see if he has any album. Yeah, sure. On Kennedy Podcast, tell us what your favorite love song is. Well, maybe we'll give it a listen. Yeah. So we'll see you next week, and thanks for listening, and see you later. Bye, everybody.